0: Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. How you doing, Sarah?
1: I'm good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> weird day to record. I know. We don't normally see each other on the weekend, but it's good to see your face. <laughs> yeah, yours too. <laughs> Today we're talking about hindsight and how it's 2020. And just what
0: people wish they would have known. Yeah. Before doing
1: infertility treatments, I felt like this was a good topic to uh, dive into before we start really getting into IVF stuff. Yeah, because, because it's
0: a lot of good tips.
1: Yeah, and by the time you're thinking about IVF, you're you're about to really make not that you haven't already made a huge investment, but it's like it just ups the ante that much more. So it does. Yeah. Um, but first, the business. We actually have quite a few business items today. Yes, um, we uh, we would love it if you guys would do us a favor, and if you are enjoying the podcast, please go give us a review and a rating in Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Cause that share really, it. Yeah. yeah, share it, share it everywhere, share it anywhere, everywhere. We, if you tag us on Instagram, we're at Infernal Mafia Podcast. Um, But that's really like the best way for us to get the word out about the podcast is when you guys share and when you leave reviews and ratings. It's not really for us, even though we do love reading them, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not really for us. It's so other people can find us. So if you guys could do that favor for us, that would be awesome. Yeah,
0: and uh, we also have a new linked Facebook group, and it is for after you do your uh, whatever you do to get pregnant. (laughs) So it's for, you know, after when you're pregnant and when you have the kids. So we are keeping things separate so... People can feel comfortable in each group asking questions or just talking about whatever subject. Yeah. If you have a pregnancy question after doing IVF, you can ask in this linked group.
1: What is it called again, Kayla? It's called the Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies. Ah, yes. That's it. And... Anyone that's in the Infertile Mafia Facebook group is more than welcome in the linked group. It's not exclusive to pregnant yeah, you can, people or parents.
0: Yeah, you can join before you're pregnant if you want to see what's going on in there. But yeah. you don't have to join if a pregnancy talk is triggering for
1: you. That's right. We talked all about this in Out of the Box in our uh, last episode or maybe the one before that. <laughs> so, recently, yeah. Recently. So, if you want to join that, go for it. We just wanted to remind you guys that it's there. Uh, we have one correction from our IVF My Life episode, which was episode 25.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was about um, embryonic testing. This is a small detail, but worth mentioning. We didn't know if, like, how that... The whole process of that. We're not like super familiar with it. And I think I conjectured that they send off the entire embryo to get tested, but they don't. It's, I think most places will send, uh, they biopsy five to 10 cells that would have been part of the placenta, which I have no idea how they know that. It's all very it's, fascinating. I
0: think it's the outside. Like you see the embryo, the blastocyst, it's a circle. You can see where the shell baby part is Mm -hmm. in there. It's like a blob. (laughs) So they probably take it from the opposite part of that.
1: Yeah. We will find out. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to find out eventually. (laughs) We're not the ones doing it. So it really doesn't matter. You know. (laughs) Yeah. But just so you guys know. And so I guess... I guess that would be comforting for me to know that, like, my 10 embryos weren't being shipped all over the United States. Like, they're staying in the lab. It's just a little tiny piece of them that gets sent off. A biopsy. A biopsy. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've been corrected. Thank you, Nurse Mandy, for that. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then, okay, Sarah, I read the article about the 72-year-old IVF patient. Yeah. I could not I was so speechless. Yes, it was (laughs) it was fascinating. If you guys haven't read that article, we linked it in the show notes from the last episode about a 72-year-old woman from India who got pregnant via IVF. With donor eggs. With donor eggs. And (laughs) there was one line of the article that jumped out to me, though. I mean, the title is, uh, Indian woman who had baby at 72 says she has no regrets, but being a mother is harder than she expected. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was she yeah. expecting? I don't know. <laughs> so this was the quote. I don't want it to sound like we're making fun of her, but I guess we are a little bit. Um, but she said, Mrs. I don't know how to say her name. I apologize. Told the news agency, since he's been crawling, I'm on my hands and knees and it's hard. My body can't take it. It's been a lot harder than I thought.
0: And he's only 18 months old. Like, it gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and she's really sick after giving birth, I think. She never really recovered.
1: Right. Yeah. So... Whole story is just fascinating to me, like ethically and physically. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are, are giving me a lot of feelings. But yeah, it, I, that just jumped out at me. Like, um, what did you think babies do? They crawl and then they walk and then they them run before. <laughs>
0: and you have to. They don't listen to you.
1: No, they don't. <laughs> no. Do
0: you think they're going to listen to Grandma Mom?
1: No. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, I keep my, my um, the ethics of, like, my, the the, is this right or wrong just keeps going back and forth in my head. I'm sure a lot of other people have some very strong opinions about it.
0: I mean, biologically, isn't there reason why people have kids like there's an age range
1: i'm probably thinking that was done by design because i mean this kid his parents are gonna be dead by the time he's 20
0: well by the time he's like four
1: maybe i don't know the way
0: things are going for her
1: yeah she's really in rough shape like (sighs)
0: she's not healing after giving birth 18 months ago she says
1: she has no regrets though (laughs) no hey okay one more thing we can give her a high five for and then we'll move on what she breastfed that child for three months
0: yeah man
1: damn i know it's impressive i'm seriously impressed i didn't know 72 year old women could lactate
0: wow anyone with nipples can lactate true (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what movie I, I got that for? I I didn't say it right. uh No, meet the parents. Yeah, yes. Or... <laughs> <laughs> you I said have. You nipples. can milk anything with nipples. That's you can he's... milk anything with nipples.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that movie is so good. <laughs> what
0: What's the guy's name? Fokker. Fokker. What's his first name? Ben. <laughs> I have nipples, Ben. Can you milk me? <laughs>
1: That movie's so great,
0: and he does but the it's little. True, I mean, <laughs> you can...
1: <laughs> You guys can't see me, but he makes the little thing with his fingers. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. Oh, <laughs> uh, including seventy-two-year-old women. Apparently,
0: <laughs> can you milk men? That's my
1: question. Um, I think that is a thing that some men have been known to lactate. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, like men and their useless nipples. Seriously, wouldn't that be the greatest, though, if you didn't have to do all the work and the men could breastfeed sometimes, too? Like, how amazing would that be? You know, breastfeeding is
0: one of the only things that's went well for me. Oh. (laughs) So don't take it away from me, okay?
1: Stop rubbing it in my face. (laughs) (laughs) My body doesn't work besides (laughs) that. Well, then you hang on to that. (laughs) Um, Okay, our last item is a funny IUI story. We just can't get off the topic of IUI. (laughs) Because we love them so much. We do. Um, So I found this when I was reading about uh, the guy we talked about, James Marion Sims, the the dumbass guy that did the IUIs Mm -hmm. on the women on their periods. So, if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode 22, the turkey baster method, when we talk about the history of IUI. Anyway, so I started looking into it a little further and I found the first actual successful IUI in the United States is a scandalous story. This is I'm like excited. made for, like, this could be a major hit on Lifetime. Should we make this movie ourselves? I think we could. Um, I will cast myself as Dr. Pancoast. And (laughs) Sarah, I'm going to cast you as Dr. Hard. Yeah, you heard me right. (laughs) Dr. Hard. Okay. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So All right. Here we go. Here's what happened. It's eighteen eighty four. Let me paint you a picture. So this was several decades after our friend who did the IUIs on the period women. I'll do the
0: sound effects doo 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 do 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 do. It's nineteen eighty four. Eighteen 1884. Sorry, <laughs> sorry.
1: And doctor Pancoast had a patient come to him, a woman and a man, a couple, whatever. And As you do, he assumed that the problem was with the woman. Like, yeah, obviously it's your fault that you're not getting pregnant as you do. So upon further investigation, he realized the problem was male factor infertility after he looked at the splooge under the microscope. Oops. And he's like, hey, this guy's shooting blanks like he's got nothing going on. So. Instead of disclosing any of this information to the couple, he scheduled another, like, examination, in quotes, for this woman. And here's how this first successful artificial insemination took place. In front of six medical students, (laughs) Panco knocked out his patient using chloroform. So that's (gasps) me. Here we go. I'm just knocking out this woman. Here. Smell this. Knocks her out. (laughs) He gives her the old best
0: pickup line ever. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Does this rag smell like chloroform? <laughs> Knocks
1: her out. Knocks her out. Then inseminated her with a rubber syringe, packed her cervix with gauze, and then here's the kicker. The source Did you hear my
0: jaw pop just now? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: The source of the semen was one of the medical students in the room determined to be the most attractive of the bunch. She probably
0: would want to do it the old-fashioned way. (laughs)
1: Right? Like, look, doc, let's just keep this between (laughs) me and you. I don't need the chloroform. You guys just leave the room. He should have let her choose, like the bachelorette. Yeah. Which one of these fine, strapping young medical students would you like to inseminate you? Like, why did he get to decide who was the hottest guy in the room? It's hardly fair. Mm-mm. So then, the story remained a secret until 1909, when... dun da Here comes Sarah, Dr. Addison Davis-Hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the six... <laughs> Do you think he was the guy? I mean, Dr. Hard, it's too easy. <laughs> dr hard dr hard's in paging dr hard he's ready to inseminate you
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay this has turned into
1: a porno (laughs) you guys would expect nothing less right a little raunch with your infertile mafia Right. So he published. He just couldn't live with himself, Doctor Hart. He's like, I can't deal with this story. He hated that it was a secret. Mm-hmm. So he's like, goes to the you know modern day whatever. What's the what's the dude that releases all the secrets? The what's his name? whistleblower. Yeah. Or deep throat. What? Yeah. What? Or does anyone know what I'm talking? That's not it. But it's deep throat. <laughs> He no, releases all the secrets. It's another one. Like, uh, he's he's in hiding because he can't go anywhere because he's in trouble oh, everywhere.
0: Oh, uh, the guy that with white guy. hair?
1: Yes, I can't think of his name. We're driving someone crazy right now that's listening. <laughs> They're screaming it at us. Anyway, he goes and blows the whistle on the whole story. But prior to blowing the whistle, he went and found the child who at this point was a 25-year-old businessman living in New York, and informed him of the details. So, wow. And, and then and the other thing it said was that the doctor, Pancoast, after it happened, he told, the, he told the, f- the would-be father, like the guy with no sperm, he's like, listen, here's what I had to do. And then they decided together that it was just the information was too troubling to tell the woman. So they kept what? it a secret from her. Well, you know, women, Sarah, we're just too fragile to handle hard information. So that would have just been too much for her, I think.
0: Um, I mean, if you can't
1: tell her, it's pretty bad, right? Well, he had to drug her with chloroform, so <laughs> there was that too. Why would he? Okay. It was medical rape. It was. Yeah. That's horrible. That's horrible. What a scar on the nation.
0: <laughs>
1: so I wonder
0: was Dr. Hard the father? They just never said who it was.
1: Uh, the article did not say. This came from The Atlantic, by the way, if anyone wants to look it up and read it. The That's first- crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. The first artificial insemination was an ethical nightmare. The 19th century procedure involved lies, secrecy, and sperm from a surprise donor. Don't you want to read more?
0: (laughs) So you're telling me that the IUI worked with two people who had completely normal working reproductive units? Oh, Sarah, what are you doing? (laughs) What?
1: Yes. 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 Huh. That's that's interesting. It's interesting that IUI worked when there were minimal fertility issues. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Huh.
0: <laughs> when there really weren't
1: fertility issues in the two people. Right. That were involved. Right. That we know of. Right. He just picked huh. the best looking guy in the room. Chloroformed Figured. her up. Done. That guy has good sperm. Yep. Cause that's all it that's all it's about is how good looking someone is. That determines how good their sperm is. Hey,
0: he was looking out for that
1: child. <sighs> that's true. That's true. Like I made sure your dad was hot. There you go. It was <laughs> like if I was gonna drug your mom and lie, I at least made sure you were gonna be hot. At least it wasn't my sperm. <laughs> So, yeah. Funny story, though, right? Funny, weird, kind of creepy story? That's a crazy story. I wish someone would make a Lifetime movie of that. I would watch it. Yeah. I would, too. I would, too. I like it. I don't know that the market for, like, insemination stories is, like, a really big market out there, but you never know. Uh. I mean, everyone loves a good scandal, and that is a good scandal. That is a good scandal. (laughs) It's a great scandal. It is. All right. Moving on to what I wish I'd known about infertility treatments. We of question. C- yeah. Sorry. I no, was going to say ahead. what
0: you asked people.
1: Yes. Go ahead.
0: Is there something you wish you knew about infertility? Is there something you would do differently with treatments? If you could, what would you tell your younger self? Right. People and have a lot of regrets. Uh,
1: I know. It's kind of sad. Not, not everyone, regrets. though.
0: They just wish they would have known
1: yeah i mean don't we all like any time you go through something you think if i had known then what i know now i would have done this differently that's all it is so we all do that i, I put them i have one that isn't on here do I
0: you don't think from a friend who wishes to remain anonymous <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> we put them in like three categories basically of Kind of what you wish you knew about, like how it affected these people emotionally, how it affected their feelings on like uncertainty with I- with um, infertility, and then how it like f- affected their diagnosis. Like, so this one kind of doesn't them. fall in those categories. Do you want to do it first then, or yeah, last?
0: I'll do it first. Okay, because I had never even thought about this. I didn't know. I don't know. I just didn't know that this would affect your cycle outcome. So she said she gave blood right before retrieval. And she went to her acupuncturist and told her, and the acupuncturist was horrified. Really? And yeah. So I guess you're not supposed to give blood during an IVF cycle. Because you need all that blood to be flowing to your ovaries and uterus. Mm. And she had a pretty bad out Not a bad outcome. She, they got a child out of it. But they only had two embryos. And their diagnosis was um, a genetic thing. Oh, yeah. So, and with their first kid, they got pregnant the first month. Hmm. So you would think that they would have a lot of embryos, but they only had two. So she's thinking, did getting my blood taken or getting, get donating the blood, is that what caused uh, the bad egg reaction, I guess?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is that like I medically proven though? I don't know. I feel like if it was that, don't you think doctors would say, like, don't donate blood? I feel like most people wouldn't donate
0: blood during an IVF cycle, and you they wouldn't let you.
1: Yeah, that is more the, because they usually screen you before you do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, some places won't let you ever give blood after you've done Menopir. Oh, Because it's derived from P, Yeah. Right. And it's not derived from a synthetic source. I think probably I should never donate blood after some of the
1: things that have been pumped into me. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I mean, guys? (laughs) No big deal. Or is it a big deal?
0: Yeah. So there's that.
1: But it could be anything.
0: During an IVF
1: cycle. There's so many things that can make an IVF cycle go wrong. Yeah. But I'm yeah, I'm sure her her uh acupuncture is telling her that, like got that in her head and I mean I it think could be she true. Was like,
0: There's no point in you doing acupuncture now. I think she said that. Oh no. Yeah.
1: Oh like, you're screwed. No. Yep. That's unfortunate. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry to whoever that person was. She shouldn't have said that. See what I mean? She got a kid out of it. It wasn't all, I mean, it was a happy ending.
0: They sent off, they biopsied those two embryos that they got, sent them off. One was um, normal, and she is now a baby.
1: (laughs) She is now a baby. (laughs) What else would she be?
0: (laughs) She is not a giraffe. (laughs)
1: Uh, but anyway <laughs> that's so. oh, that is really interesting and i've never heard of that now i need I to find either. out if that's like a thing that people say you shouldn't do other than acupuncturists. i don't
0: know and see what i mean by it doesn't really fit yeah in any of those you're right because it's
1: totally random Hmm. interesting other than to say, I would put it maybe in the uncertainty thing because I feel like some people have talked about, I wish I hadn't done this or I wish I had done that because yeah. it just made my outcome or my treatment uncertain or something. Sorry, then I messed it up. <laughs> Jeez. There <Sarah>, I <laughs> get with the program. Okay. Okay. Let's Go ahead. read the diagnostic related ones first. Okay. Um, Ashley, she said, I wish I'd known that it doesn't always work the first time. We thought our only issue was an ejaculation due to my husband's SCI, which is an injury, spinal injury. Okay. And they didn't get any blasts on the first or second attempt with IVF now. So... She wishes she had known that it doesn't always work the first time. Cause I feel like when you go in there, and the doctors try to be super optimistic, especially when it's like, "Oh, this will be easy. All we have to do is da 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 da, da and you'll have a baby." Mm-hmm. And you get in your head like, "Okay, this won't be so bad," and then it doesn't work. Yeah, and you're like, "I wish I had known that it wouldn't be so easy." But
0: people don't like hearing before they're going to their first one
1: that it doesn't always work the first time. No. That's what puts the doctor in a very hard position because, yeah, what doctor's going to be like, listen, even with IVF, your chances aren't great. (laughs) It didn't work the first time for the two of us. Nope. Nope. (laughs) But there was reasons, I guess. Yeah, there were reasons. There's always a reason. You just can't always figure it out. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Brett read
0: Brett says, I wish I would have realized that it can be difficult to find adequate treatment for any condition, whether it is common as endo or as rare as a Mullerian abnormally. I wish I would have found the Facebook group for Mullerian abnormally sooner. Uh, she gave a link link to that we'll put that in the show notes it's very long (laughs) uh she said i wish i would have been willing to travel for the best treatment from the beginning dr val is that how you would say that doctor's name Vale val Vale val is the best thing that's ever happened to my ttc journey i wish i would have gotten my painful and heavy periods treated long before ttc I wish I would have started TTC many years before we did because now we've been together 12 years and married for seven and still
1: no baby. Brett has a lot of wishes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She, that doctor she's talking about sounds amazing. That was her endo doctor. Oh, okay. I think that. I think she was one of those people who had a hard time getting it diagnosed and treated like a lot of women with endo do. And so, Or is it
0: the Mullerian abnormally
1: doctor? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought it was her endo doctor, but I could be wrong. She She's good about correcting us, so I'm sure she will. But I think the point <laughs> is that she wishes she would have like sought the very best and then traveled to do it from the beginning. Which is, like, easy to say after the fact when you feel like you've not had, you know, a good experience up to the point until you do all of a sudden. Like, I wish that I had done immune therapy treatment from the beginning, but I didn't know I needed it yet. How would you know? How would you know? Unless you literally uncover every single rock (laughs) before you start trying, which some people will try to do. But, yeah. You live, you learn. That's right. You something, you You learn. You love, you
0: laugh, you You cry. cry. You cry. I love love awareness.
1: Me too. Oh, man. Jagged Little Pill was the first album I ever bought. Really? Yes. First CD I ever bought. My first CD was the Spice Girls. (sighs) That's another good one. But then Spice my mom. World. Yeah. My mom um, heard me listening to it and then it had the S word and then she took it away. Oh no. And then that was the end of that. That's so sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no child of mine, no fifth grader of mine is going to listen to <laughs>
0: albums with shit on them. I was conning my grandma into buying me Eminem's CD. In fourth grade, nice. I'm like, can I get this, Grandma? And she's like, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's about M and M's. And then he was like murdering his ex-wife. You know? Yeah.
1: But anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, okay, we've got a few of these are kind of related, so I'll read a couple here. We had one from Insta. That said, I wish I would have not started taking birth control at 15 just for uncomfortable period cramps. Um, Which I'll pause for a second because I feel like that happened. Like I've heard so many women say that. I just wonder if it's the doctor being like,
0: yeah, it's for period cramps. And then really it's they're like, we don't want more teen pregnancies. Oh, yeah. You've said that before.
1: I don't, right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I just, I, it's so common. They Teenagers, hand it out like candy. They do. And then like, not only is it just not the most healthy thing to take hormones for that long, like if you're starting at 15, by the time you're trying to have kids, which I don't know, let's say you're 25 for a decade of artificial hormones like like trying to basically manufacture your cycle i just don't know how healthy that is and of course your body's gonna be confused right when you all of a sudden quit and then it's like okay go ahead now do what you're naturally supposed to be doing but that i've been forcing you to do for 10 years and i think in the case of people with endo they they don't it, then it never gets treated or it never like they don't even know how bad their symptoms are because the birth control is masking them <sighs>
0: that happens a lot, yeah, like, not alone in that
1: I don't exact. I can't remember off the top of my head why it sub why it subdues the symptoms. I just know that birth control gets thrown at women with endo
0: and you know what's worse than like the pill is that shot, yeah. You really want to mess up your body do the depot shot i don't know anyone that's done it i know a couple people and they're like it totally messed up everything Mm. like i had a friend recently she said she lost her birth control or something and then the doctor was like like freaked out on her and then she's like you're getting the shot and it like totally messed up her reproductive system I don't like stories like that. Made it go wild. Or, like, I mean, I had so, another friend say the exact
1: same thing. I had a friend who had an IUD put in and then had, like, scar tissue and it got taken out that blocked a mm-hmm. tube. Mmm. Yeah.
0: Sucks. Crazy. Mm hmm. Someone close to me had to have hers removed surgically. yeah and I'm like why do you have an IUD right now you're not young (laughs) mom what
1: (laughs) oh boy sorry when I was using birth control which is just funny to even say that sentence (laughs) I would did you ever try the NuvaRing uh yeah so one I use one I used, month one month. I used the Nuva ring because I'm so absent minded that there was no way on God's green earth I was gonna remember to take a pill at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. And so I was using the Nuva ring, and I was paranoid all the time that it was gonna get lost up there. That shows you how completely naive I was. To everything about the reproductive system. And look at me now. I'm a professional with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now you know everything. Now I know everything. Oh, in my youth. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read a couple more of these. Um, Whitney says, I wish we wouldn't have wasted time and money on IUI and just went straight to IVF. Ooh. Sarah and I better not touch that one. <laughs> just teasing. I get where you're coming from, Whitney. Um, Melissa says, I wish we didn't wait so long to try to conceive. When I was in my 20s, I tried not to get pregnant. Then mid-30s came and found out we had fertility issues and went through IVF. Who knows if we had tried when we were younger, if it would have made a difference. I don't know, Melissa. I don't know. But I understand the the wishing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it may have not. Might not.
1: Just tell yourself it wouldn't have, and then you'll yeah <laughs> no regrets because i bet you were living it up in your 20s and yeah that was probably fun <laughs>
0: having a good time <laughs> having a uh, good time. instagram seeking help from an re was the best decision i wish i hadn't wasted so much time with an ob yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah And then ruth said i wish we would have started trying sooner gone to the doctor sooner when it wasn't working and tracked my period since i was younger so i would have had more of an idea of what was going on with me before we started trying yeah and then dima i wish i knew how to talk and be stern with doctors what questions to ask and what tests to demand up front rather than go through the emotional roller coaster the waiting game And thousands and thousands of dollars over many, many years.
1: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. I mean... Even if you are assertive with some doctors, they're just like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, the running theme there at the end is I wish I had sought help sooner. Yeah. And actually more than one person said that. And then I just think what she said is great. Like, and we talk about that all the time, Sarah, about being your, you are your best advocate. So do your homework, do your research. Don't just assume that your doctor is going to tell you everything or, I don't know. I just feel better when I'm like, as when I have, have researched something ad nauseum about my health. Me too. Like, what about this? What about this? That's why (laughs) we're (laughs) here. Right, but that one's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then the sad one from Instagram. I wish I had known that being pregnant doesn't mean you will have a baby. Ugh. Just very true. I don't like hearing that one. No, I don't either. I don't either. But it's true. Um. And a lot of people have been in that situation. What? I was pregnant. This was supposed to work. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. So the next few are kind of about like feelings on uncertainty with infertility treatments. So why don't you go yeah. read a couple, Sarah? This next one is from Instagram. The biggest point for me
0: was knowing that it could take as long as it has. The stress for me has been with the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. If I had known it would take over a year, I don't think it would have been as torturous. Yeah. just don't
1: know. Yeah. I get it. But I totally get that. Yeah. So relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone feels that way. Yeah. Because there is so much unknown and uncertainty with infertility treatments. So, Yeah. I, th- I think she says she she thought it would be less torturous if she had known it would take that long. I could see it going both ways, you know, like that could be really scary if some, if you did know it was going to take that long. Yeah. I could see that one going both ways. But yeah, I get well, where you're coming from.
0: I think it's, it's worse for me getting my hopes up and then being crushed.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, expecting something and then it not happening.
1: I think I would agree with you. That's why I tend, even though I try not to, but I tend to live in the in the empty half of the glass. So to speak. Me too. Yeah. Not that I'm like super pessimistic, I just try to keep a realistic expectation. I I live in the realistic part of the
0: glass. <laughs> <laughs> like it could go either way. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Megan says um, she wishes she had known that there isn't always an answer. And even with the help of science, there are no guarantees. I remember feeling so frustrated during IUIs when I clearly ovulated, they clearly put sperm in me, and I didn't get pregnant. How is that possible? There's no answer. I also didn't realize how much guess and check there would be as doctors learn how you react to each treatment. I thought that was really great because, and especially like we all do this, like you start a treatment and then you go compare with like how other people did with that treatment or like, what were you how what were your follicle growth and how, what was your lining like? and you like compare. When really the bottom line is everyone is different and they react differently to these drugs. And your doctor isn't going to know until you try.
0: Yeah, it depends on how you act to the treatment and how you've acted in the past is how they can predict how you act in the future.
1: Right. Yeah. So so the first time you try something, it really is just as much of a... I mean, obviously, they're making an est, uh, uh, educated guess, but they don't really know until you get into it.
0: Yeah, like um, our next episode with Cassie Moon, she did IUIs and they were pumping her full of uh, Menopir. She mm. was on a super high dose of Menopir. Instead and, of Follastem? Yeah. But the dose was so high for an IUI. Yeah. And I think they knew going into, she just did IVF. I'm like checking my phone, seeing if she yeah, has her results Yeah, she just had egg retrieval. Yet. Yeah, she did her egg retrieval yesterday and I want the results. But <laughs> um,
1: Are you going to call the doctor yourself?
0: I told her, I just told her to call the doctor <laughs> so I can know. Because but, it's all about uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about me. I want to know. But they they knew going into IVF that she would need uh, a lot more uh, medication, the stem
1: Because she had done the menopure. Yes, during her IUI. So that's helpful. Yeah. Right. I mean, in theory, if you have to keep doing IVF, it should be getting, like, they should be honing in on the treatment. Yes. You know, like, if they keep doing the same thing, then... I don't know. They should change something up. Yeah, you would think they would they would tweak something. Anyway. Okay. okay, so this one's from Paige. I wish I had went to the
0: doctor sooner. I was afraid and scared of the questions and everything that going to the doctor wouldn't tell. We waited two years before even talking to my OB. Yeah, it's a long time. I could have been seeking treatment during that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel sad for Paige that she's basically saying that she was too afraid of what she might find. Too yeah. afraid of the questions and too afraid of everything. That makes me sad. That's why a lot of people don't go to the doctor. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't... F- I know that that's the case for a lot of people. I can't fully relate because I was so excited to go to an R.E., <laughs> i'm like yes an infertility doctor woohoo yeah
0: i mean i, I was happy to go to the doctor because i had a period for 30 days yeah. and i was what? like can you make this stop
1: <laughs> this is really inconvenient <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i know like so many people are that way they're afraid of what they're gonna find it's so when they just avoid it and hope that they won't need it whereas i I was just the opposite because the unknown is what made me so uncomfortable so i was like excited to get some answers
0: yeah i wanted to know what was going on
1: yeah but okay
0: so moving on to emotions related Mm -hmm. yeah um valerie says first i wish i would have known that it's okay to be sad about infertility I kept my struggle to myself for many years. TTC, 10 years. Whoa. And only after sharing it, I found a community that shares in my hopes for motherhood and equally my pain. I also wish I would take taken time to take care of my mental health a lot sooner. TTC is damn hard, and sometimes it makes me psycho. <laughs> Knowing my triggers and being able to cope when I have bad days has really helped me be more relaxed when it came to
1: TTC. Yeah, that's good, Valerie. Yeah. I think all of us, that's good advice. It, it is. It is okay to be sad about your infertility. It's okay.
0: I'm sure we were sad, weren't we?
1: Yeah. I remember, I just, before we started recording, I told you about some very questionable behavior I had that I'm not yeah. going to share right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put my sadness into being bitter, bitter. Uh, and drinking,
1: not <laughs> I like put, yeah a lot, but
0: you you know you know you take it out in different ways,
1: right? But you, and we're not saying you should make Don't bad decisions, but we're saying we understand if you do, because I'm it saying sucks. you should probably go to a therapist instead. Like she said, she wishes she would have figured out her mental health a lot sooner. I wasn't seeing a therapist when I was you know, in the thick of it. And I probably should have. It probably would have helped. I
0: think everyone could could probably benefit from talking to someone.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Emily said, I wish I had seen a doctor sooner instead of letting my fear of needles and the possibility of a, quote, scary diagnosis keep me quiet for three years the first time. So, similar to page she was scared (sighs) needles aren't bad guys they're really not yeah we've said that before
0: they really don't hurt as much as you think it's the stuff in the needles
1: (laughs) (laughs) and even that's not that bad
0: yeah and it's you usually just are sore afterwards and it's not a big deal
1: no but it really i think I think the thought of it and the anticipation of it is worse than actually doing it. Because once you've done it, then you're like, oh, I was scared of that. Like, then you're just, it's just, it's not a big deal. So, I mean, I think anyone that's gone, if you're seeing a, a fertility doctor, you've probably had your blood drawn a bunch of times by now. It's actually less scary than that to me
0: yeah the blood is way worse than the needles you do,
1: yeah, it's so not if
0: you don't have a problem with having your blood taken needles you'll be will fine not be that bad you'll be fine,
1: and even if you do have a problem with your blood getting your blood taken, if you've done it, then you know you can do it, like even though you might be scared, but you know you can do it, so it'll be the same thing with the needles. Yeah. Although I, I do find it just like shocking still to this day that they just send you on your way with all these needles. Like, here you go, good luck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know how to do it, right? Just
0: look it up on the internet.
1: Yeah, just I hear there's a lot of um, content on YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah, people I, see Kayla's video all the time. I watched it.
1: Oh, my progesterone video.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I just saw someone fall off a wave runner super hardcore. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, did a flip. They were being stupid, though, so. (laughs) They're fine. That
1: was their fault. (laughs) No, I just think the thought of that is like, really? You trust me? (laughs) But it's really not bad. No, people love your video. It's you and Nurse Linda. Oh, yeah, well, I think I told you like the first one, not as great. I mean, it's fun, but it's not as uh, what was the word, informative, as the second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's doing progesterone shots, go watch that video. I do think it's helpful. It was. Um, okay, Heather she says i wish i would have talked about my struggles and shared my thoughts and feelings more i went through three IUIs and one round of ivf without telling anyone not any friends or family i guess i was ashamed and embarrassed and just didn't want to talk about it with anyone except my husband looking back i see that wasn't the healthiest choice it's not because i didn't think i would get support i'm sure i would have i was just afraid Also, I wish we had gotten help sooner. We TTC'd for almost three years before I went to the RE. Man, that is a common theme. I wish I had sought help sooner. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But that is sad, Heather. That she was afraid to... I can relate to that. I felt that way in the beginning. I was afraid to share. Even though I knew I would get support, it was just, yeah, it's embarrassing. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast of all the feelings around sharing this thing about yourself that's, it's uncomfortable to share it and you never know how people are going to react and, yeah, but that makes me sad that you went through all of that alone. Well, you had your husband, but how helpful can they really be? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Some of them are helpful. Yeah, I know i'm just kidding (laughs) okay sarah you want to read the last one
0: sure uh these are from this one is from instagram and they said i wish i could go back and tell myself to trust my instincts i knew something was wrong with my body and knew i wasn't getting the best treatment it took us four years five losses and three doctors IVF is what we needed but no one would discuss the option with us until we found the right doctor
1: That's nothing right. oh no there's a different yeah. person sorry I oh, put okay. them together but it, yeah <laughs> but that's great advice trust my instincts they so this
0: person said nothing I'm grateful I didn't know most of it I would have never started this journey if I would have known how much physical pain and heartache was waiting for me sometimes ignorance is bliss the only thing would maybe have been to relax more and live my life despite the treatment well that's a different way
1: of thinking of it exactly which is why I included it because we want everyone's opinion here they're all welcome because we're all different we're all different people yeah I get that though I'm. She's. I'm grateful. I didn't know most of it. I could see that. If I had known, when I walked into my RE's office, like what was ahead of me, I might have been like, "Oh hell no!" I might have turned around and walked out. I'm out of here. Yeah, because especially someone like myself that I'd never been pregnant before. I hadn't had a bun bunch. Of, I hadn't done any anything other than just like tracking at home. I think if I had known you're going to go through failed IVF, miscarriage, I just think I would have been like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) I wouldn't have been (laughs) as excited as I talked about earlier. Like, uh, yeah, that,
0: I don't know. I don't know what I would have thought.
1: Yeah, but she's right. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. And I love the part about uh, living your life despite the treatment which you and I have talked about a lot about being more yes. than your infertility like don't let it define you. go out there and do your thing.
0: Yeah, I just kind of thought of it as a dentist appointment and yeah just right just went on
1: check it off <laughs>
0: yeah I guess I have a, an appointment yeah. <laughs>
1: a little different than the dentist but a little bit different orifice orifice is that <laughs> the right yes. word yeah different orifice but anyway but anyway, yeah that,
0: i mean that's everything for yeah, that
1: that's that is our episode on what you wish you knew which hindsight is 2020 but ending with what that what can one. you do sometimes it's good not to know
0: <laughs> yeah so so let's move on to out of the box are we out ever gonna sing the this
1: song? oh there she goes she sings it this out time of the box good
0: i'll start it <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait what were we gonna talk about
0: uh we weren't oh. really sure i mean we kind of we talked about like news type things
1: oh we said something we we had a we had something. Wow, guys, we are really letting um, you down. Um, we were my friend
0: discuss- who's a musician just saved someone from drowning in the river oh. in Nashville.
1: Was that it? No, but that's a good no. story. That's a good teaser I mean, for another out of the box. Yeah, we'll talk about him another day. But we were going to talk about how France won the World Cup and how we don't really care. <laughs> I just
0: watched it. Oh. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched.
1: Oh, well, if you haven't watched, it's, that's your fault because it's Tuesday and the World Cup was Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, right? Yeah, France totally
1: killed Croatia. Yeah. Uh, I... There are fewer things I care less about than soccer. <laughs>
0: Yep, yeah, they just run off through the ball, kick
1: it around, It's but so the soccer boys are always the cute
0: boring. ones in high school. No, you're right. You're I right. I thought.
1: You're right. I felt like in high school, the the guys who played soccer and the guys who were on the swim team had the best bodies.
0: Uh, we didn't have a swim team, mm. which is ironic. Because <laughs> our mascot was the Lakers. Oh, Yeah. And we live on a lake. Right. <laughs> but,
1: but we don't swim.
0: <laughs> we do not swim in the lake. Actually, I went swimming once this summer so far. And I, it's just not the greatest place to swim. <laughs> as far as bacteria goes. Oh,
1: yeah. Don't drink the water, guys. It's, no. Um,
0: do not drink the lake water.
1: I 100% back you on that statement though that soccer players have like football players are too they're too meaty for me basketball players beefy. they're too beefy they're too beefy basketball players a little too skinny although lebron looks that's pretty what i was good. gonna
0: say <laughs> but was he like a string bean in high school
1: i don't know but high <laughs> school basketball players definitely string beans Yeah,
0: yeah. the soccer players... The soccer
1: players have the perfect combination.
0: Plus... Peter was a soccer player.
1: (laughs) Bill was a swimmer, so... (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Plus, they run all the time, so they have really good stamina, if you know what I mean, (laughs) ladies. That's
0: true. Like, yeah. Peter... We'll get the I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> it was gonna sound wrong. I was gonna say he gets the job done. Like <laughs> I mean like when he has a job to do. Uh-huh. He will uh-huh. finish Go it. Go on. <laughs> He'll finish it. He gets the job done, <laughs> ladies. I didn't I mean like an actual job.
1: We yeah, we know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite sport to watch? I like watching hockey. I love watching hockey. Because it's
0: so violent. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hockey is so... I was not a, a hockey fan until I moved to Chicago, obviously. I grew up in Texas. People are like, what's ice? <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? Like the stereotype about hockey players is that they they're all like toothless. Not true. They're mm-hmm. also some very good-looking men that are hockey players. Yeah. So
0: I haven't really watched hockey that much, but I stumbled into a hockey game once. <laughs>
1: How did that happen?
0: I was just walking around with a friend in Springfield and. We we looked in and people were playing hockey and, and I was like,
1: this is this looks fun. Entertaining. Yeah. We look at him go. Look at him go. <laughs> look yeah. that guy hit that guy with a stick. This is crazy. That was awesome. Yeah. We're obviously very big Chicago Blackhawks fans. Mm. So and I mean I'm a Chicago sports fan in general. I would say my favorite yeah, I
0: really don't care.
1: Favorite sport to watch probably, is probably college football, but mm. um, I mean, the Chicago Cubs is a close second or maybe first. I go in. The, Are I, they
0: baseball? Sarah Bruna. <laughs> football. Are they football? The Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Wrigley Field. Baseball. <laughs>
1: There you go. Oh man, that's Guys, what I said. I said, are they baseball? We need to work on Sarah. <laughs> I'm just giving yeah. you a hard time.
0: I've I've been to some
1: Royals games. Fun, and they're fun. They're fun to go to. Baseball games are the funnest to go to. You know why? Because you don't have to pay that close of attention. And you can just sit there and, like, drink your beer and eat your hot dog in the warm sunshine. I mean, it's great.
0: Hopefully you're going in September. <laughs> I love baseball When games. you're not cooking. Yeah, true. My Our neighbor in Kansas City, he cut lawns, mm-hmm. and one of his clients gave him tickets, and it just so happened to be on Peter's birthday, and our neighbor couldn't go, and he came over at, like, five o'clock and he's like hey you want to go to a game tonight and I was like yeah we don't have any plans nice so we went to a baseball game it was awesome
1: when you get the free ticket from the friend the experience is that much better like even if it rains and you drop your hot dog on the ground and the team loses it still was awesome because you went for free
0: (laughs) and they were good seats yeah
1: that's awesome yeah do you want to hear a funny story about – this is the last thing and then we'll wrap it up. So do you remember sure. in our – uh I don't even know what episode it was recently. And you we were talking about sperm banks. And you were like, yeah. get your hot sperm. Get your hot sperm. Get your hot sperm here. And then I think it was Brett in the Facebook group was like, I'm just – Imagining someone saying that at a baseball game, like walking around, you know, like the hot dog or the beer guy. And he's like, and he throws it cold beer, get your bud, bud light, you know,
0: like yeah. get
1: your sperm. I got washed and unwashed sperm. Oh. <laughs> she said she was picturing like a hot dog vendor guy. And then I so said, gross. well, they do sell hot dogs, so why not take it to the next level? Now I want a hot dog. Um, I will eat a hot dog any day of the week. Yeah. You look like the
0: 4th of July. <laughs> you make me want a hot dog real bad. Mm. <laughs> okay. I think that's from Legally Blonde, too. Uh,
1: Sounds like it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Join our closed
0: Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to InfertileMafia at gmail.com. Yeah, you really should send us an email and ask us some questions for out of the box. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk
1: about eggs and
0: balls and stuff.
1: And don't forget about the rating and review. That too. And the other Facebook group, the Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies. And in our next episode, we get to meet our friend, Cassie. Cassie Moon, the one we were just talking about that just had the egg retrieval. We're anxiously awaiting her results. So we're gonna talk to her about how she raised funds for her current IVF cycle, because she did like crowdsourcing and crowdfunding and she had a lot of success with it. So for anyone who's maybe interested in raising funds for fertility treatments, you might learn some stuff when we yep. meet cassie we talk about other ones too right not just cassie's way right yeah so that'll be all about getting creative raising funds for fertility treatments so join us next time and as always thanks for joining the infertile mafia Bye. bye